You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Dana Scully in the Multiverse of Molders by Anonymous Fiji Mermaid on AO3. Rating Explicit. Chapter 3. So, you're in love with 1069 Dana Scully? Scully, clad in her motel bathrobe, asks Mulder, clad in his birthday suit. How is that possible? As far as I knew, you weren't supposed to leave this room today. Plans changed, Mulder says, slipping on his boxer shorts. See, I was sitting here watching one of my favorite television programs. Beavis and Butthead, Scully says knowingly. By the way, did you know that in this universe, Beavis is Butthead and Butthead is Beavis, Mulder says, his voice ringing with nerdy excitement. Anyway, that's not important. Point is, I got hungry. So I went outside to grab lunch from the vending machine. When who do I see getting herself a package of Frito-Lays but Dana Scully? She tilts her head and she stares at him. I am Dana Scully. I'm talking about 1069 Dana Scully, Mulder says. We started talking. She asked me my name. I hope you didn't jeopardize our entire mission and give her your real name, Scully says scoldingly. Come on, Scully. Give me some credit. I was smart enough to give her an alias, Mulder says, while doing some post-coital stretching of his arms. What alias? Scully asks. It's not important, Mulder says, waving her off as he stretches down to touch his toes. Scully presses. Mulder, what alias? I told her my name was, Mulder stands up straight, scrunches his nose, and says, Thumper. Thumper? She blurts out, spitting as she laughs. She leans on her frame on the dresser and laughs once more. Thumper? Hey, I got nervous, Mulder whines defensively. It's hard to come up with a pseudonym on the spot. So you came up with Thumper? Excuse me, you came up with Bambi. Scully shrugs. Fair enough. As I was saying, when I looked at 1069 Dana, I started to get this feeling, like the universe wanted to bring us together, Mulder says. I mean, what were the odds that she would be at this very motel at this very moment? Mulder scratches the back of his head. So, I asked her out. On a date? Scully asks. Can you blame me? Mulder says. She's smart and beautiful, and she has very big boob sickles, Mulder says. Boobsicles? Scully asks. Does that make you jealous that her boobsicles are bigger? No, Mulder. Unlike you, I don't base my self-worth on the size of my anatomy. I don't do that, Mulder continues. Point is, this Dana Scully took me to her favorite lunch spot in town, the Dubney. I learned that she is incredibly successful. She's courageous. She takes chances. She's traveled the world. Scully thinks back to her passport in her universe, sitting in her dresser drawer, collecting plenty of dust, but zero stamps. Mulder continues, and she's super smart. She graduated top of her class and was just promoted to assistant director. This stops Scully dead in her tracks. She got Skinner's job? At her or my or our age? She also drives a Jaguar, Scully. A Jaguar, Mulder says as he drops to the ground and starts doing push-ups. Scully mulls this over. It doesn't make a lick of sense. The fox Mulder of this universe is the worst version. He's awkward, aimless, ambitionless, and altogether hopeless. But this Dana Scully is the complete opposite of him. She's professional, successful, gorgeous, and confident. How can that be so? 
The entire lunch, we couldn't take our eyes off each other, Mulder says, now doing sit-ups, as though all that passion for each other had spread across the infinite timelines and focused on us, here, in this moment, as though she were my constant, my touchstone. Is that so? Scully asks, pursing her lips. Mulder continues. I took her dainty hand in mine and kissed it gently. Then she said six words. Six words I'll never forget. Scully tries to figure it out, and then just asks, What? Want to fuck in my car? Mulder spells out. Wait, huh? Scully blurts out. What can I say, Scully? Mulder says, smiling. I'm irresistible. Of all the ways her brain tried to permeate the possibilities of where this story was going, it did not foresee this particular turn. So what did you do? Scully asks. I fucked her in my car, Mulder says, matter-of-factly. Mulder, I'm surprised at you. You just met this woman, and you immediately engaged in sexual intercourse with her? What? But... Ugh, that's what you did with other me, Mulder stutters, as he angrily does post-coital jumping jacks. You had sex with him thrice. For science, Scully yells. I was trying to save the multiverse. Why did you have to have sex with 1069 Dana Scully? Because I thought it would make my wiener feel good, Mulder responds, and it did. You see, unlike the Mulder you fucked today, the Scully I fucked today is incredible in the sack. Or in this case, incredible in the leather interior of a 1995 Jaguar. Actually, you fucked two Scullies today, and I fucked two Mulders, Scully says dryly. Well, let me tell you exactly how I fucked the first Scully I fucked, Mulder says, clearing his throat. Mulder proceeds to tell Scully, in graphic detail, about their sexual encounter. 1069 Dana Scully pushed Mulder down in the back seat of her car, undid his belt, and proceeded to pull his pants down to his knees. Hungrily, she lifted up the skirt of her pantsuit to reveal her pantyless pussy. Mulder couldn't believe how bold she was. His Scully would never go commando. Mulder was further surprised when this woman grabbed his dick, put it inside of her, and immediately began riding him. According to Mulder, the passion, the intensity, the heat of this moment was so great that 1069 Dana Scully came within seconds as she screamed his name loudly across the parking lot. Your name? Scully asks. Well, Mulder clarifies, Thumper. She was yelling, Oh, Thumper? Oh, Thumper? Scully asks. Which in this case made sense because we were in fact thumping, Mulder says. I can't believe I would do such a thing, Scully says. She told me she's never done anything like this before, Mulder says, so I must be special. After 1069 Scully exploded with the biggest orgasm ever, she told Mulder to come wherever you want. But Mulder informed her that he could go all day long. They proceeded to have sex in multiple positions, which he lists as missionary, magic mountain, magic fingers, 69, cross booty, caboose, cowgirl, cowboy cow hand, side cow, spider, seated wheelbarrow, and a handful of other positions that Scully swears Mulder is inventing on the spot, even though he's acting them out with an invisible partner, his schlong swinging in his boxers as he humps the air. Ever read the Kama Sutra, Scully? Mulder asks. We did at least 95% of it. Can you wrap up this Homerian epic already? Scully pleads. I was just getting to the big finish, Mulder says. The part where she said, want to fuck on the hood of the car. In the middle of a parking lot in broad daylight, Scully asks. 
And it was there, in the middle of that parking lot in broad daylight, that two incredible things happened. First, I came, Mulder says. Congratulations. Second, she was begging for it, Mulder says. In fact, she kept yelling, Come already. What's the second thing, Scully asked impatiently. Secondly, she tenderly grabbed my face, kissed me on the lips, and said, I love you. Just like that? Scully asked, surprised. Just like that. What did you say? Scully asks. I told her I loved her, too. Scully bites her lower lip and blows air through her nostrils, frustrated. What? Mulder says. Nothing, Scully says. Nothing at all. Mulder says, You know, I've been waiting for you to say it to me for months now. It was nice to be with a Scully that cares. Please, Scully scoffs. You clearly don't take the concept of love seriously. If you're saying it to some rando you boinked in a parking lot. That rando happens to be coming over here tomorrow night for date number two, Mulder says, arrogantly holding up two fingers. So you should make other plans. Scully sighs. You know what, Mulder? Maybe it would be best if we had separate rooms for the remainder of this case. Fine, Mulder says. Good, Scully retorts. Mulder walks to the exit, grabs the golden knob, and practically rips the sky blue door off its hinges. I'll go talk to the lady at the front desk right now. Mulder! Scully says, practically under her breath. What? Mulder says angrily. You're not wearing pants. Mulder looks down at his bare body covered by a thin pair of boxers. I don't care. He turns to bolt out, his prominent bulge leading the way. As it happens, the only available room in this motel is directly next to their previous room. When 1069 Dana Scully comes over, 1013 Dana Scully can hear everything through the paper-thin walls. 1069 Dana enters the motel room, and within seconds, Scully hears the mattress she once shared with Mulder squeaking, followed by the wooden headboard banging against the wall with a thud, thud, thud. Within seconds, 1069 Dana is yelling, Oh, Thumper, I'm gonna come. Fuck me harder, Thumper. She screams in pleasure and delight, the loud orgasm subsiding after 15 seconds. Scully, in her bathrobe, lying flat above the covers, wonders aloud, Is this what I sound like when I come? She aimlessly digs her fingers through a pile of snack food she secured from the vending machine and randomly grabs a package of Andy Cap hot fries from her comforter. Come to Mama, she says happily. She washes it down with an orange soda on her nightstand. For the next hour, Mulder's bed does not stop squeaking. That headboard keeps crashing against the wall. Mostly, she hears Mulder's voice yelling about how good his cock feels at that precise moment. Laying it on a little thick, Mulder, she says, rolling her eyes. Finally, mercifully, after all that time, 1069 Dana yells, Come for me, Thumper! Scully hears Mulder mutter something indecipherable, then quickly hears Dana saying, Oh my god, your dick is so fucking big! It's the biggest cock I've ever seen! How are you so fucking big? With that, the familiar moans of her partner fill the air. She's made him come countless times over these last few months, but now wonders if it was ever this loud and long. Oh, Dana, Mulder yells. Oh, Thumper, she says back. Scully tilts the bag into her mouth and kills the hot fries. She reaches back down into the pile of snack foods and pulls out a hostess cupcake. Score, she says out loud. She tears open the package with her teeth and bites into the chocolatey cake, feeling joy as the creamy filling squirts its room-temperature sweetness on her expectant tongue. 
That's some good shit, she says, her mouth full. Then, from next door, the sound of a cell phone ringing. Oh no, I have to go, Dana yells, and Scully hears the sound of her putting her clothes on. As Dana exits through the front door of Mulder's room, Scully gets down on her knees and peers through the curtain, watching as Mulder says goodbye to his new conquest. This is the first time Scully has seen her 1069 counterpart, and everything Mulder has said about her was the truth. Though they don't look exactly alike, they look like they could be sisters. 1069 Dana is professional and put together, she's a couple inches taller, and she does in fact have bigger boobsicles. Scully watches as 1069 Dana and 1013 Mulder kiss, warmly and passionately. Remember, Dana says to Mulder, pecking him on the lips, I love you. Mulder smiles and says, I love you too. It's true, Scully thinks. Every word of Mulder's story. Dana walks off, and Scully, feeling sad, lifts up her head to peer out the window one final time. Ugh! She screams. She's face to face with a crouching Mulder, staring right back at her, wearing a knowing smile. She jolts and sends the remainder of her hostess cupcake flying against the wall. Did you enjoy the show? Mulder asks through the window with his stupid boyish grin. I thought you said you weren't jealous. I'm not, Scully says. Mulder walks over and knocks on her door. Scully, irritated, opens it. If you're not jealous, why are you spying on me? Mulder says coyly. I just wanted to see if 1069 Dana Scully was everything you said she was, Scully says. And? Mulder asks. Scully shrugs and folds her arms. She's not that great. Are you kidding me? Did you see her? She's probably the best version of Dana Scully out there. This comment cuts Scully deep. She bites her lower lip, fighting back tears. She herself had this same thought yesterday, that this universe's Dana Scully might just be the best iteration. But she didn't want Mulder, her Mulder, to feel that way. Scully, I didn't. Scully cuts him off. No, you're right. Dana sounds like an incredible person. Meanwhile, the fox I met yesterday doesn't have any of your charm or courage or intelligence. She shakes her head. 1069 has the best version of me and the worst version of you. I can't see any way that these two will get together. What are you saying, then? That we just quit? Mulder asks. Let the multiverse implode? No, not that, Scully says. In fact, I believe I've come up with a solution to our problem. Mulder leans against the motel room doorframe, waiting to hear what Scully has to say. Peggy Sue Bruckman said that in every multiverse, a Mulder and a Scully fall in love, right? Right, Mulder says. So what's to say that the Mulder and Scully that fall in love have to be from the same universe? Are you saying that we pull a multiverse parent trap, Mulder asks? We switch universes, Scully shrugs. You've already made this Dana Scully fall in love with you, so you should stay here with her. Then what would happen to you, Mulder asks with genuine concern. I'd convince 1069 Fox to come back to the 1013 universe with me, Scully says. And you'd be happy with him, Mulder says, squinting his eyes at her. I'd find a way to be happy with him, Scully says. After all, everything is at stake. If that's what you want, Mulder says, waiting for her to say otherwise. That's what I want, Scully responds curtly. Mulder stares at this woman. For the last three years, he's known her by many things. His partner, his friend, his confidant, his lover. Now she's looking at him as though he were a stranger. 
Then I'll stay behind, Mulder says. Scully says, I'll talk to 1069 tomorrow. In the meantime, we should get some sleep. Goodbye, Scully, Mulder says, sadly. Goodbye, Mulder. That morning, Scully gets ready to go to the comic book store where 1069 Fox works. She plans to tell him that he has to come with her. Given his low self-esteem and the hold Scully seems to have over him, she doesn't think it will be a long conversation. But one thing keeps gnawing at her. What if 1069 Dana Scully isn't actually in love with 1013 Mulder? I mean, the entire multiverse is counting on the success of this mission. So she has to be sure. She has to talk to Dana herself. Because if anyone can read Dana's feelings, it's Scully. Scully takes her rental car to the Dubney, hoping to catch her 1069 counterpart. After 15 minutes, she sees her exiting her Jaguar and entering the establishment. She scurries up behind her and yells her name. Dana! 1069 Dana Scully turns around, meeting 1013 Dana Scully's eyes with a vague sense of familiarity. I think we know each other, Scully says. You do look familiar, Dana says. I'm your cousin, Scully stammers, your very, very distant cousin. Ah, uh uh-huh. I guess the red hair is genetic, Dana says with a smile. What's your name? Uh, Scully, Scully responds. I figured that, Dana says, chuckling. What's your first name? Desperate to get rid of her Bambi pseudonym and eager to not repeat the mistake of Mulder's thumper, Scully blurts out the first fake name that comes to her mind. Flower. Flower, as in the skunk, in Bambi. Your name is Flower, Scully? Dana asks. "Uh Uh-huh, my parents were hippies, Scully responds. Anyway, I'm in town for the day. Could I buy you lunch? Inside the restaurant, Scully takes stock of the situation. This place caters to DC's elite. Around them, Scully spies men and women who wield real power. Their suits are tailored. Their shoes are polished. In the corner, a man sits alone, his face hidden behind the menu. The maitre d' seats Dana Scully and Dana Scully at the finest table, and immediately a waiter with chestnut eyes and a floppy haircut pours them drinks. Dana smiles as she thanks him. So, how long have you been with the FBI? Scully asks Dana. They recruited me right out of Stanford, Dana responds. Oh, I went to Stanford too, Scully blurts out. She was so impressed to learn that this Scully forged the same path as her, she forgot the rules of the multiverse. Get out of here, Dana says with a smile. I'm surprised I didn't see you around. And how's work? Scully asks. All-consuming, Dana says with a chuckle. Scully laughs back. But I just got promoted to assistant director, so there's that. Scully is immediately impressed by this universe's version of herself. She's everything Mulder said she was. Intelligent, professional, beautiful, with an air of class. Dana calls the floppy-haired waiter over and orders some appetizers. Given that Scully's dinner consisted of hot fries and hostess cupcakes, she's eager for higher-quality sustenance. So, why are you in town? Dana asks. Well, it turns out we have something else in common. I also work for the government, she responds. Get out of town. What branch? Uh, IRS, Scully stammers. You must be good with numbers, Dana says. Very, Scully responds. Then she leans in to fish out some more information. In fact, I'm so knee-deep in numbers that I haven't had time for the romance. 
That's tough, Dana says. How about you? Do you find it difficult to balance work and career, Scully asks. Oh, wow. Loaded question, Dana says, sipping her water. The truth is, my career has always come first. I mean, let's face it. Cousin, this is a man's world. Dana leans in closer, like she's telling Scully a secret. And the men are kicking and screaming to make sure it stays that way. You can say that again, Scully says. And it's always the same story, Dana continues. Men are always jealous because you're doing better in your career than they are. So they suggest that you get married and have kids and we're the ones stuck at home raising them, Scully says. Exactly, Dana says, pursing her lips. But hopefully the right man is out there for us. Then Scully thinks about Mulder. Have you uh, met anyone recently? Scully asks. Well, there is this one guy, Dana says with a smile. Oh, Scully asks, resting her face on her chin. Tell me about him. Suddenly, Dana's cell phone loudly goes off in the middle of their table. It's my boss, Dana says, standing up immediately. I'm going to take this outside. Back in a minute. After a few minutes, a waiter with a crew cut brings over their appetizers. Scully waits for Dana to return before she eats them, though they're teasing her nutrient-starved, hot-fries-filled stomach. Scully looks at her gold wristwatch and realizes that her alternate version has been gone for ten minutes. Geez, that must be some phone call, Scully sighs. Twenty minutes on, still no Dana. Scully, unsure of what to do next, steps outside of the restaurant. She looks to the parking spot previously filled by Dana's Jaguar and sees a BMW is now there. Dana is gone. Did she have a work emergency? Scully says with a shrug. Scully pays her bill, then walks to a neighboring lot where she parked her rental vehicle, frustrated with her lack of progress on this fact-finding mission. As she puts her keys in the driver's side door, she hears distant screams. Oh yes! Oh yes! She turns her head to see 1069 Dana bent over the hood of her Jaguar, being filled up like a stocking on Christmas Eve. And that floppy-haired waiter, his work pants down around his ankles, is the one doing the filling. Fuck me, waiter! Fuck my pussy! 1069 Dana points her ass higher in the air so the waiter can get a better angle for his particular style of humping. She screams even louder now, in the middle of a parking lot, in broad daylight. I'm gonna come! Scully's eyes widen. You've got to be fucking kidding me. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.